Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Alicia. My name is Xavier, and this is Undressed, Changing the Narrative. We're just two people navigating completely new roles while continually engaging in dialogue about life, love, and parenting. We want to thank you so much for being here um, and supporting us. If you'd like to continue to support us, you can always visit our website at beundressed.com. I repeat, beundressed.com. And follow us on all social media platforms on Instagram at beundressed.co and on Twitter at beundressed. So last week, we kind of left off on a little cliffhanger, right? Um, it's, it's a topic that's a little bit taboo for us, um, dating. Facts. Dating. Uh, are we together? We are not. We are not. We were married for seven years. We're currently separated, living in different spaces, learning to navigate this new co-parenting role. Um, we have two children together. We have Brixton, who is two and a half, who's learning how to potty train. My dog. Which is rough. For you. He peed in the potty two, two times for me yesterday. We good. We good. One time sitting down, one time standing up, and I was very proud. Um, and then we also have London, who's a year and a half. Rebel without a cause. She is fearless. Okay. She, she is your daughter. Very much so. Very much so. <laughs> I'm very proud of her. Um, so let's dive in. Okay. Dating. Dating, dating, dating. I feel like with dating, there are three kind of main dating situations, right? So we have situationships, which according to Word is not a word, but Snow Allegra says it is. She made a song about it. So. I think Fabulous did too, didn't he? Did he? I think so. Fabulous indeed. He probably did. But this is like your friends with benefits role, the hey, this is nothing serious, but we're enjoying each other's company and we're enjoying each other's other things. Continue. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then we have committed relationships, right? Um, whether it be monogamous or polyamorous. Um, monogamous meaning, hey, I'm committed to you and only you. We're doing this thing. This thing. Um, and then you have polyamorous where, hey, we're doing this thing maybe with one or two or multiple partners, but at the end of the day, it's committed. They're, we're all communicating about what's going on. Um, but how committed is it, though? It's committed. If as it's long seven as of y'all. But as long as there's there is communication happening and there's an understanding between the partners. Man, it's not for me, but whatever. <laughs> just because it's not for you doesn't mean I it's didn't not say, for other people. I didn't say it wasn't. I just say it wasn't for me. That's it. Okay. Moving on. Um, and this, whether it be uh, married, common law relationships, or just committed relationships, um, these are your, your main three, Right. And I feel like with all of these dating relationships, there's always, typically, uh, there's something that happens. <laughs> what do you mean, something <laughs> that happens? People have sex. <laughs> yes, um, it is a part of life. It is how we reproduce. It is how we have fun. Um, for some people, it's a nice hobby, you know? Some people, it's an addiction. Some people, it's an addiction, and that, we can talk about that in another episode. Okay. Okay. But I feel like that's very, that gets deep. 
Literally. Inappropriate. So we're going to move on. Um, so I was reading an article the other day, um, and it's called No Longer in a Dry Spell, Under Developing Understanding of How Sex Influences Romantic Relationships. And this is by Jessica Maxwell and James McGinnalty. Um, so it essentially talks about three different ways that sex can influence a relationship. So the first, I know we kind of talked about it a little bit, so maybe you can help me explain this. But um, the first one is it's a direct predictor of the relationship. So there is a bi-directional association of sexual satisfaction and relationship satisfaction. Okay. Easy peasy, right? So sexually satisfied, relation, you're satisfied in your relationship. It says that those things are, they're along the same path, right? Bi-directional association. The second thing is it can be a mechanism that explains important associations. These associations are things like neuroticism, lack of confidence, and insecurities. And we'll talk about how sex can kind of be a buffer for these things. And then the last thing is how it can alter the relationship dynamic, okay? Um, so we'll go back to how it can be a mechanism that helps kind of buffer these associations, the neuroticism, lack of confidence, insecurities, or attachment insecurity. So neuroticism is, do you want to explain this? Neuroticism is you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by that? I don't know the definition. I don't know the definition of anything, so no, <laughs> I'll let you finish You that. definitely do. You definitely do. Um, Got to give yourself some credit. So neuroticism is, or if you call someone neurotic, right, it means that this person typically leans more into their negative emotions, right? Their fears. Um, if something bad happens, they tend to get anxious. They may get irritable. They may get hostile. They may have a lot of it, more anxiety than they normally do. Um, so say I'm a nurse, right? So if you, if my manager comes to me and says, Alicia, you did this, this, and this, and you did this wrong. My neurotic side, I would be overwhelmed with anxiety, fear, I may become irritable, it throws me off, right? Whereas someone else who's not the same personality type might be, all right, cool, I'm gonna learn from this, let's move on, right? So. These people tend to be on the edge of, hey, I'm balancing everything just fine and I'm about to crash and burn. So um, with these people, they tend to be the good part of them. They're, they have a little bit more emotional depth. Uh, they're creative thinkers. Um, I give you those. You give me those? I give you those. All right, thank you. And they tend to be a little bit more realistic about situations. I will not give you that one, sorry. <laughs> I think I'm pretty realistic. I think of multiple different outcomes that are usually the worst. <laughs> um, but in this way, it, it's kind of, it plays into relationship because it's like, well, we argued today and now he's not talking to me, so he must be talking to someone else. And now I'm anxious and I'm fearful and I'm irritable. And of course, we talked about how I stonewall. So now I don't mm -hmm. want to talk about it. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, and all you. I was trying to do was get a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, but um, the thing about these things is that third, going back to that third point, 
the quality of your sex can alter the relationship dynamic. Message, quality. Not quantity, not quantity. Quality over quantity. So if you are having that bomb, bomb. No more bombs. Sex. Um, it can help buffer these things. It can help buffer All these things. All of them, no. Mostly the neuroticism and the attachment insecurity. I think that there's a, a definitely a point where you may have to undress what's causing your lack of confidence, mm -hmm. what may be the root of your insecurities. And that goes back to that fire iceberg that we talked about last week, right? What's fueling the flame of your insecurity? So it can help but it can't like erase. Uh, right, you know, exactly, okay. exactly. So we can, that's why I use the term buffer. Okay. It can help buffer these things, but it's not, it can't help completely erase gotcha. these things that you're experiencing. So in that aspect, it's important to really see what's fueling that insecurity, what's fueling that lack of confidence. What, what has happened to you that you haven't undressed yet that hasn't allowed you to be confident? Exactly. to be secure in who you are enough to enjoy your partner. Um, and in this aspect, it might be hard to find what those fueling factors are. And I would definitely recommend go see a sex therapist. Or maybe a, like a regular therapist first. Or a regular therapist first, yeah. But <laughs> it may be, I think it's definitely beneficial. You know, get that third party, that unbiased person involved to help kind of undress what's fueling those emotions yeah um so again if the quality of sex is good it can help buffer that lack of confidence that insecurity that neuroticism again buffer it's not going to help completely get rid of those things that maybe you can go see you know just a regular therapist or sex therapist to help kind of get down to those but these are definitely things that can be worked on or like we talked about last week communication right and communicate mm -hmm. those things with your partner like hey i feel like this like, mm -hmm. when you're not around i'm going off the deep end because i don't know what you're doing you know what i'm saying so right. i think it all kind of comes back to communication in my opinion at the end of it absolutely so and in this part kind of like last week the communication we we said it needs to be honest mm -hmm and it needs to be intimate. Facts. Right, so you have to feel safe with this person, emotionally intimate, you need to feel safe with this person, and then sexually. You know, if I come to you and I say, I want, this is what I like sexually, and you're like, that's weird. Then I'm A not goat? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Um, then that's not, I'm not going to feel safe coming to you with those things. I ain't going to feel safe around you. You mentioned a goat either. <laughs> this fool is crazy. <laughs> I think that, and that, I feel like that's a lot of things that couples don't discuss. I agree. Sexual fantasies, right? And I feel like if I don't feel safe enough with you to discuss my fantasies. Then who will feel safe with? Exactly. exactly. How am I supposed to be, how is the quality of our sex supposed to be? bomb.com if I can't even come to you with my fantasies I don't feel vulnerable enough I don't feel safe enough with you to talk about these things so how am I feel, supposed to feel vulnerable and safe enough to have quality sex so 
Definitely. I think, again, it comes back to having that honest and intimate without the sexuality part of it first. Mm -hmm. And then being able to feel safe and vulnerable enough to have that, okay, I want to be sexually vulnerable with you. I want to come to you and let you know what I want, how I want it, all that good stuff. A lot of relationships now, they're built off the sex portion first, and then you try to build that the rest of the things. Right. So, like, yeah, sex may be decent, and then the emotional connection isn't all the way there. Mm-hmm. So now you're trying to hold on to this part of the sex that you love. Right. When it's like, do I really even like this person? Or, like, right. are we compatible? Right. You know what I'm saying? So. Right. I read a meme the other day, and it was like, Girl, you don't love him. You just have good sex, and that's the only way that you guys have ever, like, bonded or something like that. Y'all both toxic. I don't know. <laughs> something along those lines. That's a long-ass meme. He did read that. <laughs> My delivery is Six poor, but you guys understand the basics. Like, relationships, they these days, of course, they're built off of sex first. And mm-hmm. then when you guys go to get to know each other and build that, honest vulnerable communication you're like i don't even like you so just going really going back to that communication piece making sure it's honest it's vulnerable Mm -hmm. um and by vulnerable i mean you feel safe um not only sexually first emotionally physically you feel vulnerable and safe with this person and then of course diving into the that sexual vulnerability where you're able to communicate what you want and what you need so you're making sure you're having this quality sex um and then of course if you're finding yourself feeling that you know lack of confidence that lack of insecurity talk to your partner about it hey i feel this way i don't feel comfortable doing this maybe i need to go talk to someone and as your partner you have to understand like okay this probably isn't an easy thing to talk about Mm -hmm. so i need to make sure that i'm like paying attention and actively trying to understand Right. Rather than like just okay, this is how I fix it. Right. When they may not be the reason, you know, they mm-hmm. bring it to you. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, you'd be in doing that, you'd be creating a safe space exactly. for your partner. So they're willing to come with something else, you know. Right. Rather than okay, I tell this fool this, he's just gonna try to fix it, he's gonna try to change this. Right. When that wasn't really the issue. Right. 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 Good. Awesome. So, um, you were right. The Rockets won. They played the Lakers in game one tonight, uh, round two. We about to bust y'all ass. But, no. Um, so, we all know the Lakers are going to win. It might be a good series, like Lakers in seven, but we will beat the Rockets. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see uh, Steve Nash? He's a new Brooklyn Nets coach. Hey, I did not see that. Yeah, never coached a day in his life. Uh, Stephen That's A. Right. called it right away. Stephen A. was like, "That's white privilege." I'm like, "Dude, Ooh. damn, Steve." Listen, he comes across with some very strong points. One thing I can give him is he is confident in all the points that he is. Yeah, because so what he was saying was essentially that doesn't happen for black coaches. Like with no coaching experience, with zero coaching experience. So like Steve Nash was like. He's been, like, essentially a trainer. Um, so he was saying, like, yeah, that don't happen to uh, – that doesn't normally happen with black coaches. Mm-hmm. And it's like you think about, like, okay, it's a bunch of black coaches that probably deserve that opportunity to coach, you know, two of the best players in the league, Kyrie Irving, 
and uh, Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, and then they started talking about the numbers of black coaches in the NBA compared mm-hmm. to the NFL. There used to be like a lot of black head coaches in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And now the number of black coaches in the NBA and the number of black coaches in the NFL are exactly the same. Hmm. So there's five. 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 Wow. So what do you think is why? Like that just seems so disproportionate. I don't, to be honest, it's surprising to see it in the NBA just because historically there's always been, you know, bunches of black coaches. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But I know a lot of, like, it's still like like Greg Popovich, for instance. Like, Pop. Pop is like an anomaly, though. Yeah, but, like, true. I know a lot of coaches that were in his coaching tree kind of got head coaching jobs. So there's a ton of those people. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Becky Hammond. Hey. She's going to end up being a head coach at some point. Yeah. But breaking boundaries, breaking, breaking barriers. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. It was just interesting to see, like, because when you think about the NFL, you're like, there's barely any black coaches in the NBA. Oh, the NBA only got five, too. I'm like, damn. Yeah. I mean, I hope with – I feel like just in society right now, it does feel like there's a tremendous shift happening in terms of diversifying, whether it be, you know, your Fortune 500 companies or – your different leagues of, of sports. I hope that with the society shift in relearning and changing generational thoughts and ideas, hopefully that kind of trans transmits over into that world. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think I, it will. I feel like there's a shift happening. I feel like there's a lot of people, you know, waking up yeah. since being woke. <laughs> Um, but hopefully that does kind of yeah. translate over. And on the Steve Nash tip, you know they didn't hire that fool without Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Right. Okay, and they shit, need so. to sign off. So, awesome. Um, Rockets in seven. Lakers in seven. But what are you listening to? Ooh. Let's talk about it. So, right now, um, there's like three songs that's been like stuck in the you know, I used to be able to say in the CD changer and shit like that. I'm old. Don't worry about it. Um, you could just say rotation and that'd be fine. But I'm used to CDs, money. Oh, I guess that. <laughs> I see what you did there. Rotation? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think you meant to do that. No, no I didn't. <laughs> but nah, like, um, so one is this. Uh, oh, it makes sense. One is. It's Akimi Fox and Teo. They had a song called Lemon Tea. Mm. That's like my jam. If it come on, I'm like, I'm dancing like your grandmother at the barbecue. My grandmother, she doesn't dance at barbecue. She's more of like a, I got this word in Scrabble. Well, then say your auntie. Yeah, no, same. Nana or auntie? What? Nana be getting Everybody else auntie. Oh, okay. You know, auntie. Okay. (laughs) Like a general auntie. Okay. Yeah. And then... There is SZA, her new song with Ty Dolla Sign, Hit Different. Ooh, I saw the visual that she posted. Yeah. Huge fan. Um, did it, not actually listen to the song. It jammed. Though. It jammed. And then Dave East, Unruly. It's been, it's been, it's been a, it's kind of got a little like reggae vibe. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like, you know. Yeah. I like it. I think you? Dave East is fine. Um... He Why is. do we always have to talk about what these people look like? Maybe I'm really shallow. I don't know. 
but you I'm gonna call it, it like I see it. Okay. You said it, not me. If you look good, <laughs> I'm gonna give credit where it's due, which are probably to his parents. Whatever. Okay. So in terms of artist-wise, um, someone that I have included in my heavy, heavy rotation of Sir and Thrift Fayaz is Gibeon. Okay, I like Gibeon. Um, he is super, super full, soulful, touches your soul. Um, he has a song called World We Created that I legit have on replay. Um, the lyrics are, I just want to stay in this world we created. I just want to sink into the plans that we're making. And then he talks about um, just know when I leave, I'm not looking for a replacement. And then he talks about, girl, why are you always overthinking? I don't switch up feelings like the seasons. You stay in the back of my mind. And I love that. Guys, if you don't know, I am a hopeless romantic. I love love in whatever capacity it may show itself. And songs like this just get me all in the feels. All in the feels. Another song that gets me all in the feels is this song called Singing to You. I've posted it on my story a few times um, on Instagram at Felicia Patrice. Shameless plug. Um, and it's by John Spit Splittenhoff. Splittenhoff. Yeah, it's called Sing to You. Super feel good vibes. Um, and then it's got like that Robin Thicke kind of feel. Yes. What the hell happened to Robin Thicke? I know well, he left, he Paula, left Patton. Paula Patton. I feel like after he left Paula Patton, it just it got back. We don't know that Paula Patton could look and be crazy. She could. Like she could be crazy. Like you could be fine and crazy. Facts. I feel like every woman has a little bit of crazy. Oh, ain't no little. A bit. Shout out to all my ladies out there. But. We crazy. <laughs> Snapple facts. <laughs> Snapple like snapped. Crazy. You see that? How you associate <laughs> Snapple? With a show about killing people. <laughs> I'm talking about the juice. You get the top. It's got a fact in the top. Yeah. Snapple fat. And then you talking about a lady killing her husband and burying it in, in the backyard. But what did the husband do? I digress. Another song <laughs> that I'm listening to is called Sugar by Sir. Okay. I don't think I heard that one. It's, a, it's one of his older ones. I think okay. it came out in maybe 2017. Um, but basically, he's talking about like, Hey, I know what I have at home. You're trying to convince me to do something, but I know what I have at home. Okay. Sugar, sugar. So, um, those are kind of <laughs> like baby bash. How you get so hey. far? <laughs> yes. Was that not the jam? No, I hated that song, I but I knew all the words. No. I love that song. But that's how it be. Like I hate songs, and then I know every word. Right. Like what's that stupid uh, Jack Harlow song? What's popping? Every time I hear it, I just don't start. Please, <laughs> I'm going to just keep singing. Nah. Oh, shoot. And you know all the words to that City Girl song. <laughs> <laughs> Why you had to play me like that? Go ahead. I hate no. Say the first words. Yeah, that? Nah. <laughs> I hate that song. Oh, it's just he, the word. Like, how? Why? I'd have heard it so many times. It's like, bro. He knows all the words. Okay. Low key. All the words. If Not you even see Xavier out, just be like, hey, rap that City Girl for me. <laughs> I got you. All right. No, but um, definitely thank you guys so much for tuning in another week and listening to us. Just talk about love, life, parenting. And the pursuit of happiness. He's really trying to make this a thing, guys. And I just, I'm not, like, I just, I don't. Shout out Will Smith. I do love Will Smith. Go ahead and say it. You know you want to. He is so fine. Actually, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Will Smith. Will like Smith and look. Davies look alike. 
they do not look like. If you put a beard on Davy on Will Smith, <laughs> them boys is twins. <laughs> um, Whatever, though. All right. So we're going to wrap it up, um, which is what you guys should be doing. Unless you guys have had that talk that you guys are committed to each other and each other only, you guys are exclusive, and you trust that you two are together. Together. Thank you guys so much again for tuning in. If you want to continue to support us, go ahead and visit BeUndressed.com. On Instagram at BeUndressed.co. And on Twitter at BeUndressed. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all tuning in. We'll see y'all next week. Fuck with us like you stuck with us. Because you are.